The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. All right, let's do this. Stand up together real quick. You can turn me down a little bit, David. Uh, Let's stand up together, and we're going to do something real quick. In 1 Peter, it says, cast all of your cares, right, or all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Okay, I know that some of you probably had a rough week, right? If you've had a rough week, stand up. Oh, look, wow. (laughs) This saves some of you from having to be the only one standing. Sometimes we have a rough week. Sometimes life is weary and it's tiring. It can be rough. It says, cast all of your cares on him. Now, that word cast, what it actually means, we think of cast like, you know, we're fishing. We just kind of cast it over or we kind of toss something to the side, you know, like my clothes when they should go in the hamper, but I just kind of toss them over to the side on the floor. The kids, they kind of toss their stuff over next to the sink, but not in the sink, right? It's like casting. We just cast it over. What it really means is to violently throw off. That's what it actually means. It means, and why is that? It's because anxieties and cares are like this clingy, evil monkey. And it grabs you by the ears and by the neck and by the back, and you're trying to pull it off, and it's like, (laughs) and it's just grabbing you and freaking out on you. Anybody ever feel like life is just grabbing you and just freaking out on you? It's like it's all over me. And you're just trying to, like, cast it off. I don't care. Jesus, you're the greatest. Lord, I love you. You're just trying to cast off. And it's, like, clinging and grabbing, and it's got your belt buckle in your neck, and it's biting you. The verse is talking about that. Life tries to grab on, and the cares and anxieties of life try to grab on so tight that it takes a determination and, like, a violent grabbing to, like, throw this off of you and get rid of it. So what we're going to do is we are going to violently cast off some anxieties and cares. Okay, that's what we're about to do. All right, are you ready for that? Okay, close your eyes. This isn't a meditative thing. This is just so you can't see yourself being embarrassed. Okay, now on the count of three, all right, that's what we're going to do. And if we have to do this ten times, we will. But I can just feel this today. Right? And we're going to just come together. We're going to violently cast some things off to Jesus. Okay? Because why? He cares. He wants it. Okay? So I want you to think about that thing that's got you all tied up in knots, that's clinging to you that you can't get rid of, and just start taking your hands, start gathering it all around you. Just grab it. Just pull it, grab it, get a hold of it. Okay? And then on the count of three, we're just going to throw it. And if you need to do a ninja scream throw, you can do a ninja scream throw. Do it however you want. Okay? But you're just going to throw it up here on this stage to Jesus, okay? All ready? One, two, three. Ready? Throw that thing. All right, let's do it again. I just, a little bit of it's still stuck. Okay, let's do it. Grab it, whatever it is. You got a bad relationship. You got bad finances. You screwed up. You drank. You blew it. You did something wrong. You got fired at your job. You wanted to quit your job. You were late. I don't care. Grab it all, right? You got kids that you like, and you got kids that you don't like, but they're all yours, so you're stuck, right? Grab it all one more time. One, two, three, just throw it. Throw it. All right. 
One more time, because you're almost there. I can see it. I can see it. All right? Ready? All right, gather all that sticky, nasty stuff. Grab it. One, two, three. Throw it! All right, let's have a seat. All right, Lord, we thank you, God, that you can deliver us from all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our worries, all of our cares. God, because you care for us. Lord, we thank you for that. God, because you are good, we thank you for it. All right, we had Connie's Garage yesterday, and that's uh, just our outreach to single moms, and that's in honor of Pastor Art's uh, late mom, Connie Cardenas, and something that she did as a single mom. And we just had a great time doing that. I'd put some pictures up, and we're just going to flip through some of those because uh, it was just a great time. What we did is breakfast, and we fed people, and the moms and the kids, and got to know them while the guys drove off and, and did the detailing on the cars. They did the oil changes. They did all the different things to try to help out with that. We had youth work in there. We had all kinds of stuff. My son almost lost his arm and then almost burnt a permanent scar on his face uh, because he was underneath the hot heater thing, and he's, like, under there, and he's, like, coming up, and he's, like, Oh, as the oil drips down his arm, he freaked out. He almost leans like straight up into the exhaust, and it's like he can feel the heat, and it's just so life-threatening. That's why I don't do mechanical work. It's just a life-threatening situation underneath there. I trust mine to people that know what they're doing. Um, somebody asked us, do you guys have professionals, and they're all trained, and they're all good? And we said, uh, just sign the waiver, okay? We're going to go get these cars, oils changed. Just sign the waiver. Don't ask about qualifications or training. Just sign the waiver. And, uh, but it was a great time. We had kids serving. Uh, we had uh, teenagers, adults, men, women. And you know why? Because God cares. God cares about what people are going through. He cares about their struggles. And as a church, we just want to be a part of serving them and blessing them. Uh, today, we're going to jump into part two of the easy yoke. And uh, we're just going to talk about just a little more today. Just a little more. And you'll know what that means by the end of the service. Uh, but we're going to jump into that. Last week, we talked about... to. Uh, stress less and live more, and today's just a little more. But Father, we pray as we get into your word, God, that you will uh, just help us, Lord, to understand, God, what you're trying to teach us, Lord, not just in what we should believe, but in how we really should live. In Jesus' name, amen. We talked about the idea last time that, and the truth, that God not only wants us to believe, right? Jesus isn't just someone to believe in. But when he said that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, what he really meant was that it's not just to come to him and pray, but it's that he lives a certain way because he was calling people to be disciples. It's come and live, follow me, live like I live. And so if we not only believe, but we actually look at him, model his life and live the way that he did, life becomes easier. It becomes less stressful, less burdensome because God's designed it that way is that he showed us a model of an actual way of life. Not just a belief that gets us forgiven and gets us to heaven, but a way to actually live and to think about the world around us, which is different than the world's way. And so today we're going to talk more about that idea. And first of all, we're going to start out with this quote from John D. Rockefeller, who was at one time the richest man in the world, and he was asked, how much money is enough? At the time, just think like Jeff Bezos, somebody like that, just tons of money, so much, and, and you can't even spend it all. And somebody said, how much money is enough? And his answer was, just a little more. Just a little more. I said, well, how much is enough? Well, just a, if I had just a little more, I'd be satisfied. If I had just a little more, I'd feel okay. I could, I could relax. I could rest. I could stop. Do you ever feel like there's something in your life that if you could have just a little more, that you would feel better? 
If I could just have a little bit more of this, then I'd probably not have anxiety. I'd probably not have stress. I'd probably not have fear. If there was just a little bit more. So some of those things that people look at and say, if I had just a little bit more, is if I had just a little more porn. If I had just a little bit more of something to lust after and to look at and to fill me up, I wouldn't have all of these bad cravings. I wouldn't be so stressed out and have so much needs. If I had just a little bit more of something along the sexual lines, then I would feel better about my life. Then I'd be okay. Just a little more. Just a little more of this or just a little bit more alcohol and then I would be relaxed. Just one more time. Just a little bit more. You know, I had two glasses, but three, just a little more. Well, this will be the last time because I'm learning to come over my stress. And just one more time, just a little bit more, and I'm going to feel better. Just a little bit more money. Well, if I just had just that much more, I'd be okay. Who's ever gotten a raise and then realized that the money's gone? Right? I finally got that raise I always wanted, and then it's gone. My son Jackson yesterday, he says, Dad, someday, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you rich. And he's like, I'll be rich by the time I'm 25, then I'm going to make you rich. And I said, well, that's good. I said, why don't you do a little sooner? I want to enjoy it. And he's like, he says, well, he says, I, I do make you rich right now. I said, well, actually, if you move out, I get richer. Because <laughs> right now you cost me money. Just you moving out will make me richer, right? <laughs> that's just the reality. Because when he does move out, though, and I think I'm going to get richer, guess what? Something else will come along, and my money will be gone, right? Right? It'll, there it goes. Okay, so that's what happens. If I had a little bit more, if I had a little bit more fashion, I'd feel better about myself. I just looked a little better. Kyle today said, hey, nice shirt. He said, I don't want to make you feel awkward, but I like your shirt. I said, I don't feel awkward. Keep saying it to me, Kyle. If I had just a little bit more fashion, I'd feel a little bit better. If I had just a little more hair, if I had a little bit more of this, lost a little bit more weight, a little bit more time at work. Any workaholics in here? Right? If I just worked a little bit more, get a little bit more done, get a little bit more of a promotion. Ecclesiastes 1, 7 through 8 says, all streams run to the sea. It's talking about water. But the sea is not full. That's strange. I mean, the water never stops running. It's always running there. But the sea's never full. It's always just taking more, taking more, taking more. The place where the streams flow, there they'll flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. See, this is just repetitive. This is always, it's get up the next day and work. Get up the next day and do. Get up the next day and go. Get up the next day and overcome another challenge. Get up the next day and try to pay another bill. Get up the next day and deal with somebody's problem. Get up the next day and there's always something else. I'm always just going and grinding and working and going and another tragedy happens and another thing to overcome and another piece of life. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing and the ear is never full of hearing. Like, you can see your whole life, and guess what? Your eyes just never say, all right, that's enough. And when you get older, and they start saying, I need help, right? Give me some glasses, do something to help me, okay? But that's different than being full. They, they never get satisfied. They're never finished. Some other things that we just need a little more of that we don't always think about, just a little more time doing this before I do what God wants, I know God's called me to do this, but just a little more time getting ready. Just a little more time getting prepared. I know God's told me to invite my neighbor over, to bring my neighbor over, to do this or to do that. But just a little more time. i got to get my house set up a little more. i got to get a little more comfortable. You know, God's told me to break off this relationship or to do this. I, just a little bit more and I'll be ready. God's told me to forgive, right? 
just a little bit more wallowing in the pain, and then I'll forgive. Just a little more, right? This idea that if I do just a little bit more of it, a little bit more complaining, and I'll feel better. Anybody ever that way? Like, I know I shouldn't complain or whine, but just one more time. I've almost got it off my chest. I've almost got it off my chest. I'm almost done. Right? Just a little more praise and appreciation for all that I do. Like, if people would just thank me just a little more, then I wouldn't feel all the time like I'm not doing enough. I wouldn't feel all the time like I don't measure up. I just, I don't hear enough appreciation. If people would just pour it on me a little bit thicker, then I'd feel better. And yet people say thank you, they do, and you walk away, and then I just feel so unappreciated. I just feel so uncared for. Just a little more sympathy for all my suffering. Oh, people just understood what I go through. If they could just they could really identify with me, then I would feel whole inside and complete. Right? There's all these things in life where it's like if I just had a little bit more, Galatians 6, 7 through 8 tells the reason why this repetitive feeling happens to us. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. It's a sowing and a reaping thing. If I am sowing all the time a need for appreciation, guess what I'm going to reap? A need for appreciation. If I am sowing all the time a need for forgiveness and for people to constantly be telling me, you're okay, you're okay, you're okay, I forgive you, you're okay, you're okay, and I'm not just accepting what's there, but I'm always sowing a need for, I need somebody else to pour this on me, right? Then guess what's going to happen? The need just continues to grow. If we keep sowing it, right, we keep reaping it. Oh, I need it this way. Oh, I need a little bit more work, right? Well, guess what? The desire for a little bit more work comes. And it just keeps on happening that way over and over. And so you have to actually change what you're sowing. You have to do something different. You know, my dad was, he owned a company for a long time. And in the, back in 2007, his company went out of business. And when his company went out of business, he ended up just lost all of his equipment. He lost his building. He lost his house. He lost his cars. He lost everything. And he ends up in a little apartment in a rundown part of town. And after 25 years in business, he ends up out just knocking on doors, begging people to let him clean his gutters. He's like, can I just clean your gutters? Can I just, can I just do that? And he's making like $50 a gutter cleaning gutters. And just people are telling him no. And he's just begging, can I just, just clean your gutters? And he's trying to rebuild his life, just cover his bills, just try to do stuff. When I talked to my dad, he said, you know what? When he was doing that, he felt so close to the Lord, and he didn't have anything, but he had this dependence and this connection to God. And I was just talking to him this last week, and he said, you know, things are they're going really well now. He's retired out. He lives out in the mountains where he always wanted to live. He's in a house that's paid for. Like, things have totally changed for him. And he's like, but I was just going about my business in the day, and it's like the Lord started speaking to me. He's like, where are you? Like, where are you? Like, remember when you had nothing, you always wanted to be so close. He's like, now you've got all of this that I blessed you with, and where are you? Are you still as hungry to come and to talk to me and to pray or to read your word or to be in relationship? And he said it really challenged him that sometimes when we have all that we think that we need, right, we start to walk away from the relationship that God has for us because, well, we have everything. But there's this place of need that God leaves us in where there is a need and there is a feeling that we need a little bit more. We do need something. But it's not all the stuff. It's not all the breaks. It's not all the appreciation. It's not all that stuff. 
John 4, 4 through 7 talks about this. It says, now he had gone through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called, um, called Sakar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? So Jesus comes to this well, and he asks for a drink. His disciples had gone to town to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jews and Samaritans, there's a lot of racial tension. They're against each other, and she wants to know, Why are you asking me? It says, For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. But Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. In other words, it takes a lot of work for us to get water. It takes a lot of work for us to get refreshment. It takes a lot of work for this to happen. Well, that's life, isn't it? Sometimes it takes so much work to just get refreshed. Like I take a vacation. I get back from vacation, and guess what? Oh, I need a vacation. Right? I just got back. I get that promotion. I get that thing. Somebody just appreciated me. I just got a gift. I just went shopping and bought myself something, but now I need to buy something again. It's like it takes so much work to try to pull a little bit of refreshment out of life because the well is deep. The natural well is deep and takes a lot of work to try to pull a little bit of satisfaction out of. She's asking Jesus, how can you even dig from this well? You, have, you don't even have the right tools, the equipment. It takes so much work to get the water out. And he's where can you get this living water, she says. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? In other words, do you have something better than the natural world has to offer? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't grow thirsty. And then check out the last part of this verse and have to keep coming here to draw water. She's like, give me something so I don't have to keep going back to where I go to get refreshment. She's talking about a well, but where do you go for refreshment that God would have you stop? Lord, give me something that lasts so I don't have to keep going back to this depression. So I don't have to keep going back to this grieving. So I don't have to keep going back to this bondage that I'm in, this thing that causes me to constantly have to come back to get refreshed and to get refilled. Lord, give me something from you so that I can just stay satisfied. I'm not talking about coming into community or coming to church to like rejoice together and get filled up once in a while. I'm talking about that deep inner dehydration. That pulling at the heart that makes you feel unsatisfied, anxious, like everybody thinks things are looking okay, but there's something inside of me that just needs satisfied. And he's saying, I have that for you. I'm the one that gives it. I'm the one that brings it. And she's like, I don't want to have to keep coming back to this. The good news for you is that you don't have to keep going back to whatever that thing is. That Jesus offers a way out of that. He offers a way for you to come to him to be filled and to be made whole and to be hydrated. To be always hydrated. You don't have to go long stretches. You don't have to go, oh, I went through this dry season. Because this is a well that never runs dry. This is a, a water, he says, that you never thirst. Not that when you get super thirsty, I'll come and fill you. But it says that you will never thirst. 
meaning that you can always stay close to him, that he can always be filling you, that he can always be giving you what you need so that you aren't alone, you don't have to go back. That's the easy yoke. The easy yoke is this walking with God in a way that you depend upon him for those things. And as you're filled with him, God wants to work through you. John 6, 5 through 7 says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd, this is another story about somebody that only had a little, saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? So all these people are coming and they're like, Where can we get some bread? Where can we get something to eat? How can we feed these people? And he asked us only to test him, for he already had in mind what he's going to do. And Philip answered him, it would take more than half of a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have just a bite. In other words, he's saying, there's so much going on here, but we have just a little. If we had more, we could do something. If we had more, we could be of help. If we had more, we could make a difference. If we had more, we could step out into what you're asking us to do. You're asking us to take care of these people, and we don't have it. But if we had more but we would need a lot more. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, hey, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? We just have a little. We need a little more to do anything. Anybody ever feel like that? Like, man, I want to make a difference. I want my life to be significant. I want to do something for my family, do something for my friends, do something for my neighbors, do something in my community, do something for the hurting. I want to do something for the Lord, something that matters, something that's significant. If I just had a little more confidence, if I just had a little more faith, if I just had a little more time, if I just had a little more talent, if I just had a little more gifting, if I just had a little more of something, then, then we could do something to help. We could do something to make a difference, do something to, to change things. And Jesus said this, he said, have the people sit down, and there was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 men were there, and Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, Pastor Art talked about that, this giving of thanks for what God's done, he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted, and he did the same with the fish. He gave thanks because there was already enough. Like, he already knew that. The provision was already there. It hadn't been broken yet. It hadn't been passed out yet. But when that person brought the little bit that they had, he already knew there's enough because there always was. God was always able. God always wanted to work through the little bit that somebody brought. God always wants to do that. And he has always known that you only have a little bit, that I only have a little bit. And he has always planned that as we bring that to him, that he will work through it to do great things. You know, I come from a huge, huge bondage of anxiety, which I've talked about lots here. Literally hiding in my closet at my house when people came over. Literally hide behind the clothes. Huge bondage of anxiety. And God gave me a little bit of confidence to host a, a small group like Kyle and Jenna. And when I hosted the small group, people would pull up in front of my house, and I'd look out the window and see their car, and I'd literally go hide in my closet. And my wife would come and say, hey, you lead this meeting. I'm like, I know, I'll be out in a minute. I'm trying to gather my little bit of confidence. And I'm the one that's leading the meeting, and I'm hiding in a closet. But I brought the little bit that I had and said, Lord, I'll open the doors, but I don't know what I'll do once the people get there. But I brought that little bit, and God started changing me and giving me confidence and giving me his desire. And I look around, you know, I got this shirt that says, have anxiety, asking for help, right? 
that I've been wearing. Some of you guys have seen that. Do you know why I made that shirt? You want to know the secret? Why I made that? Like, oh, he made that because he's so confident, bold. He's got out there and talked to everybody. Do you know, I made it for the opposite reason. I made it because I see other people who have the boldness to just talk to strangers and just say, hey, man, God gave me a word for you. Hey, I can pray for you. Hey, I can do this or that. And I'm like, Lord, I don't, like, I should have that. But it's not even boldness. I just don't have the focus for it. Like, my mind's all over. Like, I'm thinking about things. I'm doing things. Then all of a sudden, my day is over. I'm like, Lord, I needed some way. I, I don't have what, whatever they have. I don't have all of that. And so I you know, I'm going to put it on a shirt. I know how to make a shirt. That's my little bit. I'm like, Lord, I'll make a shirt. And this is my conversation. I'm like, Lord, I'll make a shirt and put it on there. And if you want me talking to people, they're going to have to ask me because I just, I keep trying and I don't think about it. It's just the day goes by. So I brought the little bit that I had and I said, Lord, here you go. I'm making a shirt. I put it on. And my mind still doesn't track it. I'm out there walking around and regularly people will say to me, help me. It's the weirdest thing when you don't know why they're saying that. Because I forget I have this shirt on. I put it on saying, Lord, I'm putting it on again. This is what I have. I'm going to put it on and I'm available. Availability, that's my number one. You know, what's your gifting? My number one gifting in life has just been being available. That's it. Not the most confidence. Not the most skill. I can't sing. Some of these preachers and pastors, halfway through their sermon, they start singing and they go back to preaching and they sing and they do poetry. I can't do that. Well, I could, but then you leave. It's just availability. Like, I'm here. So I put the shirt on. I'm available. Yesterday, we were doing the single moms outreach, and I'm in between doing the different things, and I'm driving back, and I stop at the gas station, and I walk in. I'm at the register paying, and the guy at the counter says, what, what do you do? And I'm like, what do you mean? I just need a drink. He's like, sure, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. And then he makes a joke to this other lady behind him who's working, and she turns around and looks over and she sees a shirt and she goes, help me. And I'm still not tracking. I'm like, help you. Yes, how can I help you? And she's like, you're sure, how can I help you? And I said, oh, well, I'm a pastor. I pray for people if you've got anxiety. She goes, I do, help me, pray for me. I said, I can pray for you right now. She goes, okay. She comes around the counter, comes walking around to me and she stands right there. And all these people are trying to check out and we're standing in the middle of the thing and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is awkward. Next thing you know, we're going to be getting the water out, baptizing people. It's going to get crazy in here. And she's standing there, and I'm like, okay, well, how can I pray for you? And she tells me, she says, my 12-year-old daughter died six years ago. And she's like, there's nothing I've been able to do to escape the anxiety of that. It just take, overtakes me. And like, I'm standing there. She's like, there. I'm getting emotional <laughs> And people are standing behind us waiting for us to move so they can check out. <laughs> and I'm like, just go around us. We're praying. People are moving around us. And I just sat and prayed with her. And she was so thankful just to be prayed for. And the issue is I don't have a lot to bring. I don't have a bunch. It's not like I've got some super skill thing to bring. The only thing I bring is just a little bit I have. I just bring that tiny bit. I'm like, God, this is what I got. You know, I come in here all the time and pray, like right here when, during the week when people aren't here. I spend a lot of time just walking around in here praying or sitting in my office praying, and I'm just like, Lord, 
you're bringing people to the church. Lord, you're doing all these things. Like, you got to help. I don't know how to solve people's problems or issues. I don't know how to fix their marriage or handle their depression or deal with their anxiety or take away their anger or their addiction. Lord, I don't, have, I don't know how to draw well out of this water. I don't have a year's worth of wages to feed this. I just need you. You got to do something, but this is what I have. I'm available. I'm here. I'll show up. And if you ask me to do something, I will. And that's the place that God just wants all of us to live from. Not that I live perfectly. That's not the point. The point is, is that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And for some of you out there, what holds you back is your weakness. Think, man, if I was just better, God could do something with me. But that's the opposite of the truth. Here's the truth. The easy yoke is just a little more. It's embracing our weaknesses to live in his strength. Quit trying to escape them. Quit trying to live your whole life getting away from your weaknesses. Guess what? Some of them you'll have for the rest of your life. Well, that's not biblical. I'm walking in strength and power. Paul is a great man of strength and power. Wrote a lot of the New Testament. He said he prayed three times for God to deliver him from this thing that was buffeting him in the flesh and discouraging him. And God said, no, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And he left him with it. There's some things in your life that may always be a weakness. And if you wait for those things to be fixed and full and perfect and you're powerful, guess what? You'll miss the opportunity to do all the things that God had for you to do along the way. Because he wants to work in and through weakness. He doesn't just want to fix it. He wants to work with you. Well, but I grieve. Do you know what? Your grief gives you an opportunity to have empathy and to connect with somebody that's grieving. And if you start ministering out of it now, guess what? God will bring healing while you're bringing healing. He does it together through the process. I don't have much money, but I see somebody that's in need. You know what? If you give to them and you help them, guess what? God will take care of your need and deliver you from the fear of poverty at the same time. I'm not saying put it in the offering. You do that if you want. But I'm saying you see a neighbor, you see a friend, you see a person. I don't have enough. But if you have the little and you do, you what? Every time I do, God seems to take care of me. And I've never been rich, but God always takes care of me. And I don't live in fear of finances, and God can deliver you from it. Like God will work that in your life. Here's John 30. This is our last verse. John 3, 30 to 31. This is John the Baptist, when Jesus was on the scene now, he says, he must become greater, and I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. What John the Baptist realized is that his only job is to just do what God puts in front of him to do. Not to be God, not to be the great deliverer or the Messiah, not to have the answer to everyone's problems or needs, but it's just to do the thing in front of him that God said to do. And that it's okay for him to be less because God is more. And that's the thing for everyone in your life. Maybe you're struggling because you want to be a better provider and you're a husband. You're like, Again, I want to be a better provider. Or maybe you're a mom and you want to be a better provider. You want to be a better 
more successful person. You want to be this. You want to be that. You want to be all kinds of things. My son still wants to be taller than me. Probably never happened. (laughs) There's things that we want. Okay? But God is saying, you know what? As you are right now, if you'll just be available and be okay with not being the greatest, then I will be the greatest through you. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I just pray that you'd bring an encouragement, Lord, to everyone that's here. God, that you would cause there just to be a, what a realization that, Lord, they don't have to have enough or be enough because you are enough. Or they can just take what they have, give it to you, Lord, and trust you, Lord. Step out in faith and do what you have for them to do, Lord, to be a difference maker in the world around them. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, um, there's a Bible reading plan uh, thing going up here for this week's Bible reading, which is on Living Water. Oh, I forgot to do this. Uh, it's on Living Water, and I'm going to give these out. We have our servant spotlight. Uh, how did I even forget that? So, servant spotlight, we know what that is, right? So we have a couple people serving, and we have these really cool, who's ever watched? Okay, first person that can shout out what this show is, wins. One, two, three. Oh, wow, that was fast. All right, these are our awards that we're giving out, along with some other things. So this is, uh, first one is from Matt Watts. Come on up, Matt. Here's our servant spotlight this week. And this wasn't planned this way, because you were already servant spotlight, but I just want to say something, rather, I don't know if this is too private for you or not, but I'm going to do it anyway, um, is that Matt lost a very, very good friend this last week um, who passed away. And um, guess where he's at today? He's here on stage helping lead people in worship. That's tough, right? That's taking the little, right, the little bit of encouragement you have left, a little bit of faith you have left, a little bit of emotional strength you have left, and doing what? Saying, you know, I don't have much, but I'm going to come up here, I'm going to sit on the stage, and I'm going to help out, and I'm going to be a part of things. But Matt's had a heart like that since he's been here. Matt serves all the time in all types of ways, good times, bad times, good seasons, bad seasons. Matt's serving somewhere and giving of himself. And so, Matt, we appreciate that. Can we just put our hands forward to Matt? Let's just pray for him. I don't always do this, but I want to pray. Let's just pray some, you know, the Bible says give, it'll come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, right, running over, right? Matt's given from what he's had today in encouragement, trying to encourage us in worship. Let's just pray that God fills him back up. He's getting ready to leave town and go uh, back to where his friend uh, passed away and be a part of the services there and stuff. So uh, let's just pray that God just makes us a week of uh, just his comfort, his healing and refreshment. Father, we just lift Matt up to you, Lord. We thank you for, Lord, his servant heart. God, we thank you, Lord, that he's willing, Lord, to come with what he had today, Lord, and use it to minister to us. And God, we pray that you would minister to him all throughout this week. Lord, be his strength, be his comfort. Lord, walk with him through this. Lord, and help him to be a comfort and a strength to those around him throughout the week. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Matt. And the other one is Randall Z. Come on, Randall. Servant spotlight for Randall. So uh, Randall has been, um, and you get a little trophy in there too, but there's also some other stuff in there. The trophy is the best thing though. Um, Is uh, Randall just comes and serves too. And you know what's really cool is that at his community group, right, Randall, like you see the pictures online, right? Papa Z, Z, right? (laughs) 
Randall is the great Papa Z of their community group. All the little kids, he's in there playing. You can look online, you've got pictures of him grabbing the little kids and swinging them through his legs and just having a good time and just bringing all kinds of joy to people's lives around him. Being up here to lead worship and doing things, Randall, we really appreciate you and all that you do. So let's give Randall a hand. And um, the QR code up here is to jump on the Bible reading plan with us. Each week we do a Bible reading plan. It's interactive, so you can read for that day's reading. It takes about five minutes. And then there's a comment section. You can read other people's comments and leave comments of your own. And that's so that we can be in the Word, right? Because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God, right? Hey, it's great to listen to me preach or art preach or whoever's up here to preach. God's Word is ultimately where we get our strength from. It's where we try to draw our words from and our sermons from. And that is really where the true strength comes from. So get in the Word and read it. And share and interact on that because God's going to grow us all through that. So thanks for being here, guys. We love you. Over across the hallway, there's food, there's drinks. And stick around and make some friends. Take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.